All right, Jake, tell us your two truths and one lie. All right. So I have been to all 50 states. I've been published for writing a poem in a book and have a semicolon tattoo. Welcome to a whole lot of shift podcast, the podcast for multi-passionate women with an entrepreneurial spirit, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you shift away from all the shoulds and supposed tos to what's truly possible for you in your business and your life, all on your own terms. You ready, girl? Let's make shift happen. Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Whole Lot of Shift. I am so excited to have you all here with us today. I am here with Jake Pointer, who I have met through a local networking group, and I knew after hearing a little bit about his story that I had to bring him on the show for all of you to learn more about his story and his first successful year of business. I'm so excited to get into it. So welcome, Jake. Thanks, Jen. Pleasure to be here. Happy to be a part of the podcast. Yes, I'm so excited that you're here. So Jake is the owner and founder of Pointers Polishing and Detail. He's a mobile detailer and he offers services ranging from interiors all the way to multi-year protective coatings for your vehicles. He services in Wichita, Kansas, the area that I'm in, and some surrounding towns as well. But he really loves to help people fall back in love with their vehicle. So I'm so excited for him to share his story. But Jake, anything else you want to share? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I used to work on the railroad and I was just a nightmare. I can get into that a little bit later, but I've always been interested in cars. I love going to car shows. I love cleaning my own vehicle, clean other people's vehicles every once in a while. And it just kind of snowballed. God opened a lot of doors for me and I walked right through them. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad somebody loves doing that because <laughs> as a parent, the number of years in which I had to clean old stale French fries out of the car seat and underneath the seat, and I don't even know what else was in the car. I'm glad somebody else enjoys cleaning that. So I'm I'm curious. Okay, so you said you worked for the railroad, but tell me, tell me about that. What kind of How in the world did you go from working on the railroad to a car detailer? Oh, I worked on the railroad for two different companies, none of the big name railroads. We were on the contracting side. I was a laborer and an operator, and we uh, built old track or we built new track, repaired old. And after three years of that, I just kind of looked around. I was like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I'm going to break myself good money but is it worth it and you know i miss so much stuff at home there are people i didn't get to say goodbye to there's moments i'll never get because i was always gone and traveling and i think my last year on the railroad i just did everything every time i clocked out i went back and i started listening to podcasts of detailing cars just getting as much info as i could because that was something i already enjoy doing for my own you know vehicle and i think my dad's neighbor at one point had asked me three times after that the idea popped in my head. He's like, hey, will you do mine next? When he saw me out cleaning my car. And 
the idea just kind of snowballed from there. I got tired of always being gone. So I got a job home after I left the railroad. And six months in, I just kind of woke up. I was like, I did all the planning and, you know, got all that information soaked up, learned all this stuff. And am I going to just let it go to waste or, you know, am I going to do something? So I had a, a small discrepancy with the company I was working with at the time. It was last year around the time COVID started. I used to go into people's houses and a lot of the customers were older people. So I called out my girlfriend at the time had tested positive. I was like, I don't think it's a good idea for me to come in because we together and I probably have it too. And my manager was like, that's okay. You need to come in until you get yourself a test. And I was like, really? So I woke my girlfriend up five in the morning. Hey, babe, I'm quit my job in detailing and bless her heart. She supported me the whole time we were together. She was amazing. I have nothing negative to say. Unfortunately, we're no longer together, but she helped inspire and support me through. And I made the jump and it just seemed, I think my first week had so much trouble getting any customers at all. I had no idea what I was doing. I was scared. I was like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? My aunt was actually my first customer. And after I posted that, it just seemed to snowball from there. I had people reach out to me like, I saw this car. It looks really good. Can you do mine? One of her friends reached out to me for a boat. And that was really fun. Oh. It's just one of those things. I just couldn't do working for somebody else anymore. I didn't like people making what I thought was not good decisions as far as management goes. And, mm-hmm. you know, find a good boss, become a good boss. Oh, I like that. If you can't find a good boss, become a good boss. That's. That's a writer downer. Uh, Oh, my gosh. You know, several things in there. So first of all, I'm so happy to hear that you had the support that you needed because that's so important when you're first starting out, because obviously, as you explain, even in your story, you're scared shitless. You're like, where's the customers going to come from? Where's the money going to come in at? Did I just blow up my life? You know, all those thoughts start to start to get in your head. Like, can I do this? Do I know enough information? I'm kind of curious. So talk me through that. So your first customer was your aunt. And then she referred you to somebody with a boat. But did you, what's it like? I'm sure you were thinking, well, I never detailed a boat before. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, I was very open and honest with I was like, I would love to tackle this. It would be the first time I ever did it. And we delayed scheduling for like a week or something because I told him I wanted to do as much research as possible and make sure, give him, you know, quality results. And after some research, we had the coat and air coat on a car. On the boat, it is a lot more bigger, so you can do a lot more with it versus a car. So there wasn't really any worry to be, or any cause to be worried. I went in and he loved it. He said it looked like it did when he bought it. One of my favorite things to hear from my customers. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, but so when you say you research, like what'd you do? Watch some YouTube videos or? YouTube, I'd reach out to anybody else. I know that deep build, I think first few months, I walked up to what I'd consider to be probably one of the top three detailers here in Wichita and maybe South Central Kansas. I introduced myself. I told him I started a detailing business too. And he was very friendly, very informative, great source of knowledge. And he had given me enough tips to help me get through. Mm, I love that. I mean, you really kind of went 
the whole round, right? So some online research, watching YouTube videos. And that was why I asked about that because I'm like, seriously, you can learn almost anything on YouTube. It's incredible. And thank goodness that we live in the time in which we live and we can do that. But also, you know, seeking out somebody who you could have been scared to seek out because it could have been viewed as a competitor and or scared like they're not going to want to talk to me. Um, but you did it anyways. And you kind of made a connection and and you got some information out of it. I think those are huge lessons. Huge lesson. If it scares you, it's probably going to help you grow as a person. And it scared me walking up because he's he's the real deal. He does amazing work. He specializes mainly in the multi-year coatings, but he's still just super friendly and basically wanted me to not be scared. He's like the community, you know, we all need to be helping each other out. Oh, I like that. That's that's awesome. You know, when you can meet somebody who's of that abundance mindset, who's like, hey, we're all out here kind of trying to do the same thing. It's it's. It's just incredible. So so tell me a little bit. So you got those first couple gigs, but now you've really got to you've got to start putting yourself out there to to really kind of build the business. I think one of the things that stood out when I was hearing your story was that you met your first year of business goal. I was ecstatic. I didn't want to set the bar too high, but apparently I set it just right. because I met my goal on into last day of December of my first year in business. My goal was I wanted 100 customers and just wanted to help 100 different people fall back in love with their vehicle. It didn't seem like a whole bunch at first, but after my first year, it it a decent people to try and reach and, you know, talk to and get on the schedule. And the biggest thing's been Facebook, Facebook, where I do most of the before after photos. And I reached out to other small business owners, people in my shoes. I wanted to give because I know just how stressful it can be. I had someone, I think they, it's more of a site, but they build websites and they helped me out with, and they just did amazing. And after that, it's just kind of running ads on Facebook. I'm still trying to figure out Google ad. I will be running those soon in the second year of business and see how things. That's amazing. So really, it kind of, it sounds like a whole lot of networking, a whole lot of just doing things scared. <laughs> And kind of tackling it, and and this is something that I've talked to to clients about as well, is tackling it both, you know, networking in person and sharing online and kind of leveraging both aspects as much as possible to get the word out. Yeah. One of the podcasts I listen to, it's like, you can be the best detailer in the world, but if you're a terrible business person, you can't own a detailing business. And then vice versa, you you got to learn every aspect. and just because you're good at cleaning cars doesn't mean you can network business. I wanted to focus on that because I was like, okay, I'm fairly good with cleaning aspect. I've never ran a business before, so I learned how to do that. And tons of helpful people in the networking group I'm in. I get to meet awesome people, you know, such as yourself. I just get to meet the coolest people through networking and my customers. And I'm just very blessed to be here. Yeah. No, that's it's it's amazing. But truly just showing up for that experience of networking and not and, you know, being scared and still just asking and saying, you know, here's what I need help with or what have you. It, it's just the end of the day. That's really that's really what it is. Not being afraid of sharing your business. So let me ask you this. If you had to go back a year, well, I guess, it, oh, gosh, actually, we're coming. 
probably a year and a half for you, actually. You had to go back and start all over. You had to start from scratch. You had to start completely new again. Is there anything that you would do different? Probably keep more money saved for the colder month. The winter is feeling. Mm. Honestly, there were some times during the winter where, you know, I had to choose between feeding myself or my animals. And of course, I had to make sure my kids were fed. For the most part, probably just get out there more. You know, there were certain times where I just didn't want to leave the house. Oh, you know, I'm waiting for customers to come to me. And then after mm. reaching out and figuring out the benefits of networking, probably start networking as soon as I started the business four months later. Yeah. So now I'm assuming you go to people's houses to provide the the service? Do all sorts of details for people. I've done some where I their vehicle from their plate to work, driven my plate, and then detailed it, driven it back. I always leave my work truck in the parking lot. I have a small generator, so for any interior work, I can run all my equipment off in parking lots while people are at work. I've detailed out in you know the middle of the country where they don't have great electricity. And then I also show up to people's houses a lot of the times for exterior work. That's what they like. And me having been a car guy and owning one of my favorite cars, I hate dropping it off anywhere. So that was a big during mm-hmm. the mobile aspect. Of like I don't want to, you know, wonder what's going on. What are they doing? How people comfortable not only can look outside and see exactly what I'm doing with their vehicle, but it's up to their house at all. Right. So when you started, did you have like the space available to bring a vehicle back and do it yourself or was it always that you had to go to them? I've always had that space available. I have a little house I'm renting with a garage that is big enough for, say, my midsize truck. Color. Other than that, I have a driveway that kind of off the street and everything so I can take care of it there or go out to them, just like cleaning cars. And I'm willing to work around what works for first. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I mean, I was just, you know, I was thinking in my mind, sometimes we get caught up in, oh, well, maybe I can't start that business or grow that business because I don't have the perfect place. I don't have the perfect space or, and it's just kind of a reminder that you can make do with what you have. The biggest thing is just starting. I remember when I first started, I had, Walmart equipment, you know, Harbor Freight, cheap. And then after a while, I ended up selling my car that I love dearly. Isn't it? Hoping later down the road, I can get another one and it'll be all worth it. But you got, you don't have the line stuff, you know, everything all at once. Just do what you can right then and worry about upgrading later. I watched a video one time and these people are tier experts in the detailing community and they polished a car with a small section of car with hand lotion. And they, oh. that was the point they were trying to make. If you are, then you spend the time to it. Don't focus on, you know, this brand name or this brand name. It was one of those things with like, if you are good and you drive dedication, you can make it happen with anything. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So what would you say is, how do you know when you've got a satisfied customer? How, how do you, what are some of the things that you do to make sure that your customers are satisfied with the services that you're giving? Yeah, I'll do my introduction. I'll tell them, you know, I'm Jake from Pointer Polishing and Detailing, excuse me, and I'll go around the vehicle with them. You know, I'll ask them, hey, let's take a look at it together. I'll ask them, are there any problem areas? We'll open the doors and I'll just kind of listen to what they say about 
if someone's really concerned about a specific I might take a little bit longer in that specific area. They say just a general overall cleaning. I know just do a good job and they'll love it. And my biggest thing is the final walk around. Don't just drop the keys off and say, take the money out of here. And this will save me from a lot of bad reviews. I'll do a final walk around with people. And I don't claim to be perfect. Sometimes we miss spot and advise does help. No issue if they point something out. Like, oh yeah, let me take it for you real fast. And as long as my customers are happy before I walk away, that's what matters. And I always ask them, how do you like it? And normally people are really excited. They haven't seen their car that clean in a long time. So it's night yeah. and day different. And I always like, I like seeing people smile and the, oh my God, my favorite. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. And I think something else is important that you kind of mentioned very early on in the conversation. And that is just be transparent. You know, like when you were saying, hey, the guy that wanted me to detail his boat, I was just transparent and said, I've never worked on a boat before. I've got to do some research. You know, I think people are appreciative of those of you just being transparent as well as some of those added details. Like, hey, I want to take the time to walk around the vehicle and and really listen to the customer and not just show up saying, here's my services. Like, you know, take it, take it or leave it. No, but that's, that's really good. So any, any, I know because I do have a little bit of an advantage because we're in a networking group together. So I've gotten to see some pictures and some projects that you've worked on. Is there any experience or project that you've done that is especially memorable when you were working on a customer's vehicle? There are a few, some of them pretty rough details. I think somebody might have in the center console and blamed it on their children. Oh, no. Some of the other cool ones, though, I've met some really cool people. It wasn't necessarily the vehicle. Got the opportunity to meet one of the KSN storm and help him out with a special project that he's working on. I've gotten to meet a guy who started FDI 101.3. That was really cool. I am, I guess I'll give a little, I am polishing some of the windows on the Tornado Intercept Vehicle 1 for the storm Oh my gosh, how cool is that? 2007 TV show Storm Chasers, they found that car and he's working on restoring it. And while it's a pretty big project, not covering everything, I'm just kind of doing the windows, but it's just so cool to be a part of it and just say, hey, I did. Oh man, that's so cool. Okay, so a little bit of, of background for the for the folks who are listening who might not be in the Kansas area. So first of all, the radio station KFDI, if you live in the Midwest and there is any kind of potential raindrop, cloud in the sky, anything, we all tune in to KFDI because you're going to get your best thorough news weather report. So, it, but it is a, it is a country music station here locally, but it's pretty popular. And, and really everybody in the area knows that, you know, the power goes out, whatever. Of course, now we all have cell phones and we have other opportunities. But I can remember as a kid, everybody just turned on their radio. You went to KFDI, like hand down. That was what you did. And we had those storm chasers who would go out and would call in and, and report back in. And so, and for those who don't remember that old show, I think it's on TLC, the Storm Chasers show. Was it on TLC? Or Discovery? I think it was. It was on Discovery. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, sometimes, like, I would be traveling, you know, between Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, whatever, and I would see that thing on the highway. And this 
vehicle, let me tell you, this is a rig. It's, it's a trip. It's a trip. That's so awesome that you're getting to work on that. It's so funny. I think base vehicle, you'd never believe this seeing it. It looks like a doomsday vehicle, but I think the base is a Ford F-150. I didn't know I had to do some research after he reached out to me and, you know, started talking about the vehicle. I was like, let's see, you know, is this actually the dude? Am I getting pranked? I went and I looked at everything. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I was sitting here and I started getting into questions because I was super excited to to know more. And I almost forgot if you wanted to play Two Truths and a Lie with us. I do. and I am prepared. I've been thinking about this. Yay! Okay, okay. So, so that the audience knows, I always ask my guests before we start recording if they're willing to play along because sometimes they might not be. But luckily, I think everybody always is because it's so much fun. All right, Jake. Tell us your two truths and one lie. All right. So I have been to all 50 states. I've been published for writing a poem in a book and have a semicolon tattoo. Oh, oh, these are really good. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. Well, I do. I want to. So I'll make mental note of those and then we'll figure them out by the end. Okay. So a couple more questions. So. I know that you said, you know, hey, I've got like a power generator and I've got some of these tools and I started out pretty cheap with like a Harbor Freight, which, by the way, I'm not knocking them. That's where almost all of my home improvement tool things have come from. Like literally, I bought a house and the first thing I did was ran down there and I got like they have a little member card or whatever. I don't even know. But I was like, yeah, you we just became best friends. Anyways, so. But obviously, there's a little bit of cost that goes into it. But what is some advice that you would give to somebody who says, I'm afraid that I just don't have the money to start a business? I feel like that's, I don't know, it's an easy excuse. I mean, especially mm. in today's world, who has a bunch of money, right? One of those things, there's a will, there's a way. You can get stuff cheaper. You can buy a second You don't have to have brand new stuff. Just make sure you're doing what you do and... You know, you're a good person. Never once had a customer ask me, you know, where'd you get your polisher from or where do you buy your product? Those little things are the details we worry about, but our customers really don't. So we're the ones holding ourselves with that question or with that experience. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. It's a little bit of a cop out, right? But I think it is one of those things that we kind of say to ourselves. So speaking of money, then here's the other thing that I think trips up a lot of people. Asking people for money. So the first time you've got to, you know, as you were starting out your business and thinking about how you were going to price yourself, talk to me about some of those fears in, in pricing and, and asking customers. Now, you know, here's the bill. And if you'd be willing to give a testimonial, so forth. Uh, so with pricing, I definitely did some research. And I didn't want to try and come out and undercut everybody and seem like I, and I listened to the podcast, their advice on pricing started out a little low, higher than some people, but lower than I'd like to be. And eventually I will probably end up raising my prices to that point. But my biggest thing was um, for the first few months, I was nervous and people like, Hey, this is what the quote's going to run you. Hey, you know, this is what I charge. I try to over explain myself to my customers so they'd know, you know, they were getting a good value. 
at this point, I know my work kind of speaks for itself and mm-hmm. I'm worth the market. If, if it seems out of somebody's price range, which I, I would classify detailing as kind of a luxury thing. I always try and work with people. I have discount offer. I always run those for holidays. And as far as pricing goes, I don't really list there are two things on my website on the engine day or engine bay detailing and lay restoration for mm. the most part they're all going to be fairly similar and you know i don't want to draw on mcdonald's they obviously have that business i want people to feel like they can walk right. site it's just like a mcdonald's menu of prices for you know this car that size car each car is going to be different you know i have people that want Tire vehicle cleaned and it's going to be a lot smaller, but they live in a dirt road or, you know, they get it really mm-hmm. dirty. So I'm going to do a little extra work compared to someone that, you know, keeps their car in the garage and keeps it really clean all the time, but they just want a little. Right. Vehicle. Do you charge extra for toddlers? What is the price range? I always ask if they're, you know, any in the vehicle, air, any stain. I ask those questions and I'll just kind of. A little bit if they say they have kids. We've all, we all know kids can be a little bit messy. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> found, found some stale french fries under car seats and other seats. Pulled toys out that kids have lost and have no idea where they were. That is Amen. Still- I love sometimes I find stuff in people's car and they're like, oh my gosh, I lost this so long ago. Thought it was just gone forever. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. No, I ask exactly for that reason, because kids, man, I mean, the number of goldfish crackers and French fries and transformers and Hot Wheels and whatever else, the crayons, you name it, I've found. Oh, God. I mean, just, oh, it never ends. So that was that. That's why I was asking. But, you know, it's interesting to me that you say you still kind of consider it a luxury service because. When we look at the price of vehicles, especially since COVID, I would argue it's almost become a necessity because if I'm going to pay that much for a vehicle nowadays, I want to take really good care of it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's probably the second, one of the biggest and second or one of the biggest investments in people's lives is their vehicle. I think yeah. we spend so much time in them or around them, we just kind of get used to Oh, you know, I'll do it later. Oh, you know, time to or who else drives around in my cars? So don't need it clean. I mean, they're all honesty. I, people reach out and they, you know, their mental health feels better because they have a cleaner car, you know, mm-hmm. because they don't look around and see all these things. <laughs> I think driving around in a clean car is very good for your mental health. I think if I just think everybody could use a clean car. I know when you drive off a lot, it's the most you're going to love your car after value starts to drop and it starts right. to get messy. It's just hard. Right. No longer you're, you know. Oh, no. Mine, mine, mine's my baby. Like mine, mine is my baby. I, man, talk about mental health. The number of times where I've just been like, I just need to go for a drive. And all I can think about is like, all I want is to be in my car hitting the road, like just that whole experience. It can be anything from the ability to clear my mind. It can be, I don't know, just, you know, on a sunny day. Oh, gosh, 
during COVID, we couldn't go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. And so I, my son and I, we explored all sorts of parts of the state because I was just like, let's just go. And he's like, well, where? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Let's figure out where this highway leads. I, I don't know. And we took a bunch of back roads from here all the way up to Manhattan, Kansas and back. And I mean, we just had a blast, but I agree with you. Like the vehicle. Well, actually, unfortunately for me, my student loans are probably the highest investment. And then, and then my house and then my car, right? Like these are, these are larger purchases for the average person. So it's, it's so true. And you want to take care of it. If you think in most people pay probably more for insuring their car that they're hardly ever going to use. Hopefully, you know, not yes. wood, nobody gets in a They easily do a maintenance plan. I offer those at discounts and just a way to keep your car clean every single month. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. You like that. To make sure it stays in one piece. Want to ensure it, make sure it stays clean. Yes. But, and it's so funny too when... Like once you do have that feeling and not just your car, like it could be your car, it could be your home, like your space around you. And then that's your next thought is like, I want it to be like this all the time. I don't ever want it to get messy again. It's such an incredible feeling. So Jake, I was sitting here thinking, so what do you think is your future plans on expanding your business? If you had to think about what's in store for you in the, in the next couple of years? I definitely like more reoccurring customers. I love meeting new people. But I would like to see people every single month. I like to expand mm-hmm. my services, offer some more stuff. and my knowledge and just giving my customers the utmost care that their vehicle deserves. Higher quality products later down the road. Right now, I Good work with, but there are a lot of as far as coatings go. I would like to end into that further, and some of those products can get really pricey. I know a bottle kit; they're about 150 or so for a small little bottle, like, and some of the other ones can get a lot pricier than that. I'd like to offer maybe window tinting in the future. Customers reach out to me and ask. I just couldn't find anybody to refer them to yet, so I think. Ending my services, and then the end goal of eventually, I'd love to be the business owner and you know the operator going around detailing all the vehicles. I love it, but this is something I want to build and maybe generation if I ever have kids, and I just want them taken care of. I'd like my goal is hopefully five, ten years, Lord willing. But there's a bunch of other orange trucks going around Wichita and people's vehicles clean on a month-to-month basis. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That was why I asked you, because in the beginning, when you when you said, if you can't find a good boss, be a good boss. So I was curious where you saw that for your future. So that's amazing. Yeah. I can totally see you expanding. So amazing. Okay. So I want to, I want to make sure that we leave enough time, even though I know I, I accidentally asked you late in the, in the show, but... I want to get back to our, our two truths and a lie because those were big ones. Okay. So if I remember right, you said you've traveled to all 50 states. Oh, no, I already forgot the second one. I don't remember it. It was published for writing a poem oh, into a book. Published. 
published poem. Okay. And then the third one was that you have a semicolon tattoo. Okay. Let me try and guess. So this is tough because we know you worked on the railroad. So making your way through the state is a, a possibility. A published poem. That would be so cool. Wanted or a semicolon tattoo. I know this is going to be good. I don't know. Okay. Here are my guesses. I'm going to say, oh, wait, all 50 states. Wait, that would be like Alaska. Oh, okay. That one's a lie. <laughs> okay. So that one's a lie. And all around the Midwest, it's Arizona, Oklahoma, Missouri, Nebraska, not travel anything outside of that. Mm. I guess Colorado as well and Missouri. Have you, have you been to the coast? Have you been to the coast? I have been to Corpus Christi down in Texas, and that's the closest I've been to it. Yeah. Dude, you're going to have to start traveling, my friend. Clean some more cars and go on vacations. They do have some out in California. They have a lot of detailing shops, a lot of seminars and stuff. I would like to eventually travel out there, see some sites, knowledge. There you go. Do something so you could get a little bit of a write-off with it. Get some training while you're out there. And uh, yeah, that's something to think about. You could you could even do it seasonal. You know, when it's cold here, then you go to the warmer state and, and do something. Nice. I don't know how many people listen are from Kansas, but it's really cold. <laughs> well, and or it's not even always that it's cold. Like, I don't think we get super cold as much as it is. It's just it gets so windy. We're in the plains. It's very flat. And the wind is so bad, it just makes it miserable to be outside and doing any kind of work. That's the problem. Yeah. We'd get a car hearts and we'd stand around the powerful generator and we'd put our hands up to the exhaust and try and warm ourselves up. It's so cold out. Well, that sounds healthy. Oh, man. Okay, so now then that means you have a published poem. So tell me about that. I write poetry sometimes it's normally very personal and emotional but there was a contest on facebook i entered and at first it was just going to be you know just a little ebook but they actually published it into a physical book i did into a pseudonym though so no one that purchased the book will know who wrote oh i i know another writer who does that as well very very cool Oh, that's awesome. Do you think that you will ever change out of using a pseudonym? I don't know. We'll see if I can publish again and what the poem's about and all that. And maybe I'll throw caution to the wind and put my real name on it. Awesome. That would be so cool. So then that means that you also have a semicolon tattoo, which unfair to our audience. I think I knew this. But in all fairness, also, it what I think I figured this out when, was it two or three weeks ago? Jake and I, as part of our networking group, went on a brewery tour. So I may or may not have had a couple of few beers when I figured this out. So I actually kind of forgot until you mentioned <laughs> No, I didn't. Maybe I had a few. <laughs> I think we all did. Oh, I even volunteered my services to help with, oh, with a, a campaign for, for one of the, the 
gals on our in our networking group that's running for uh, a visionary of the year. But it was so funny because she even messaged me the next day. She was like, so I know we all had a few beers, but like, are you still up for helping me out? No, it was awesome. And I was like, absolutely. I stand by whatever I say after a few beers. It's fine. <laughs> so tell me a little bit if you're willing to share about that tattoo and what that means for you. So for English doesn't know about the semicolon too in the writing world, then we'll use a semicolon instead of ending a sentence to continue it on. When So in two world, a semicolon means someone before was in a place to end their life but chose not to and keep going and I am a mental health and making sure people take care of that my girlfriend time I had mentioned earlier in the she was very supportive urged me to you know get my mental health and the railroad was not for it it took its toll and I agreed with her and I to this day I don't think I would have survived my first year in business I wouldn't have gotten into therapy and taking care of myself but there have been you know rough dark times in my life thankfully you know and work out i'm still here and i'm in a point in my life now where i keep me alive and just very blessed no matter what situation i'm in and sometimes you know i might fall dude kind of gives me a little reminder that hey it goes to keep going and you're gonna keep going no matter what i always tell yes. people that are worried about me some of my closest friends i was like you know this mental illness if it wants take me out, do its own dirty work for itself, and start shutting the working <laughs> down. And that always gets a good chuckle out of them sometimes. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. Thank you for thank you for choosing the semicolon. Because otherwise we wouldn't we wouldn't have all that you've done and all that you're continuing to create. We wouldn't have you here with us as a guest sharing some amazing things with us. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being willing to share that. You're actually the second guest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And so it's so powerful to me when people are willing to share because we never know who might be listening and may need to hear. And that's one of the reasons, you know, sometimes somebody just needs like, hey, Somebody else told somebody that, you know, and they just didn't have any issue with it. And maybe that'll help somebody help people if they need to. And, you know, if anything, if anybody needs to, you know, contact me or get me, if they're feeling like a safe person to talk to, I'm not going to, you know, do anything like call it, but I will tell you, you know, hey, I'm worried about you and I want you to stay here. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. That's so, it's so amazing. And I really love, oh, you're, you're the second guest and the second person who really talks about how making that change to becoming an entrepreneur, as tough as it was in the beginning, they were able to use that and improve upon themselves and their mental health. And, and that's just so amazing and powerful to me, something that they couldn't do in a job, you know? So, yeah, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Well, Jake, I know I want to be able, I want you to be able to give a couple shout outs. So if for anybody who is in the Midwest or in the, the Wichita area, how can, how can they find you? How can we go and lock, like your page and watch some of your, some of your stuff? I'm particularly wanting to find out more about the, oh, darn it. What's it called? The tornado mobile. What is it called? Uh, they had a name for it. 
I actually, I'll send some photos to you after and the link to the story that the, uh, the storm tracker shared with me, but you can check me out on Facebook, Moyers Polishing and Detailing. And I should pop up. You'll see me polishing a Range Rover. Looks really nice. <laughs> www.pointersdetailing.com. It gives you kind of more in depth of what my services are and kind of what each detail comes with. And some more photos of my work as well. You can shoot me a text, give me a call, 316-134-1289. Love to help anybody and everybody fall back in love with their car. And if I can't help you, I'm, I love to help another detailer out, maybe do, you know, higher end stuff, or maybe someone just starting out might need customers as well. Love to help other people out the way I hope. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And you guys definitely, if that's something you've been thinking about getting into, reach out to Jake. There's nothing better than being able to make that that connection and and learning from others. That's just those those connections in that network is so powerful. I will also be sure to share his website and all of his information in the show notes. So you're you should be able to find those in the show notes of the podcast as well. But I am so glad that we had you on today, Jake. So thank you for thank you for joining us. And and maybe we'll have to have you back on back on again when when you're growing your business and learning new things. Can't wait to see what the future holds. Me either. And if anybody, you know, me mention the whole lot of shit fan they are of you, I will throw in a free blue wires polishing and detailing if they get on the schedule. Yo, I need that hat. Me <laughs> I'll go get another one just for you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. Well, you guys heard him. Be sure to mention the whole Let Us Shift podcast. I love that, Jake. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in and be sure and subscribe and like the podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And until next time, keep making shift happen. Bye. Hey shifters, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of A Whole Lot of Shift. If you heard something today that inspired you or resonated with you, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review to help others as well. Your review helps me give as much motivation and inspiration as I possibly can. And don't forget, you can catch all the outtakes, bonuses, special live stream interviews, and much more over at A Whole Lot of Shift Facebook group. Until next time, keep making shift happen.